father's shirts. I'm not smiling. I'm not even looking at the camera. The trucker's name was Flex. He had a red beard and no mustache. He said we were the best scenery he'd seen since Nebraska. Flex used his own camera. We'd left in too big a hurry to take ours. He said, I'll take your picture and you give me your address and I'll send it. My mother said, what the hell, it was her brother's rental address. If Flex turned out to be a lunatic and burned the place down, no one would really be hurt. Flex sent the photo to us care of Uncle Jolie. It came in a used, readdressed manila envelope, snaked with a line of 25 one-cent stamps. He attached a post-it note for my mother that she didn't let me read. I'm telling you the story of our trip because I'm the only one who's really put it all together. It involved all of us. Mom, Daddy, Uncle Jolie, Sam, even Hadley. But we all see it different ways. Me, I see it going backward, like a rewinding movie. I don't know why I see it like this. I know, for example, that my mother doesn't. When we got the photo from Flex, we all stood around the kitchen table looking at it. Me, Mom, Jolie, and Sam. Jolie said it was a nice picture of me, and where did we take it? Sam shook his head and stepped back. There's nothing there, he said. No trees, no canyons, nothing. We're there, my mother said. That's not why you took that picture, Sam said. His voice hung at the edges of the kitchen like thin silver. There's more. We just all can't see it. And like that, he walked out of the room. My mother and I turned to each other, surprised. This had been our secret. We both looked instinctively at a spot in the highway to the right of our bodies. It's the place where California becomes Arizona, a change that truckers can sense in the pavement, that for everyone else remains unmarked. Chapter One Jane The night before I got married, I woke up screaming from my sleep. My parents came into the room and put their arms around me. They patted my head and smoothed my hair, fine, and I still couldn't stop screaming. Even with my mouth closed, I continued, the high, shrill note of a nocturnal animal. My parents were beside themselves. We lived in a button-down suburb of Boston, and we were waking up the neighbors one by one. I watched the lights come on in different houses, blue and yellow, blinking like Christmas, and wondered what was happening to me. This wasn't a common occurrence. I was barely nineteen, a straight-A student fresh out of Wellesley College, and in 1976 that was still an accomplishment. I was marrying the man of my dreams in a prototypical white clabbered New England church, and the reception a lavish one with white-gloved waiters and beluga caviar, was going to be held in my parents' backyard. I had a job waiting for me when I returned from my honeymoon. 
There was no foreseeable problem that I could articulate. To this day, I don't know why that happened to me. As mysteriously as it all started, the screaming went away, and the next morning I married Oliver Jones, THE Oliver Jones, and we just about lived happily ever after. I'm the only speech pathologist in this town, which means I get shuttled back and forth to different elementary schools in the San Diego suburbs. It's not such a big deal now that Rebecca is old enough to take care of herself, and since Oliver is away so much of the time, I have less to do at home. I enjoy my work, but certainly not the way Oliver enjoys his work. Oliver would be content to live in a sailcloth tent on the coast of Argentina, watching his whales sound in warm water. My job is to help children find their voices.